Get out of your vehicle lease ASAP. Over 200,000 customers per month looking to take over your lease. What a relief. Go to leasebusters.com. Welcome back into Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. Leafs practice currently underway at uh, the Ford Performance Center. What do you have to say? I see you're just itching over there to tell yeah. me something. Well, because I know we got drags on the line. And before we get into the meat and potatoes of uh, trades and, you know, Breaking down this Bo Horvat thing. I love meat and potatoes. We saw this thing online of some barn in Saskatchewan, Canada, that I want to see if Dregs knows anything about this and if this is the norm in the province of Saskatchewan. So let's bring him in. It's Darren Dreger, TSN Hockey Insider, once upon a time, Sasky lived himself Bureau. in Saskatchewan for a very long time. What's going on, Dregs? Uh, well, a lot. You know, it's just kind of cruising towards the trade deadline, so lots of tire kicking by many around the National Hockey League. Nothing front burner other than what we saw last night, obviously, with Vancouver and the Islanders. But specific to your question, um, that's typical of small town Saskatchewan. Not the, the, the hinge stairs well, that's coming that. down to the ice. I mean, that, that, <laughs> that's, that's unusual. Um, you know, as I went through and scrolled through, it looks like it's Lang, Saskatchewan. I've never been there, but that typical old type of barn, yeah, I mean, that's a staple of small town Saskatchewan, Manitoba, the prairies in general. And, you know, the natural ice and, and how grayish it looks and the old <laughs> uh, old school nets and, and all of that. But speaking of that, I, exciting, exciting leaf lunch for you guys tomorrow, right? Because uh, uh, Marie-Philippe Poulin is coming in, is she not? She's going to be with Matt Cotts tomorrow, actually. She's oh, joining Matt Cotts. Yeah. We'll wow. be at Scotiabank we're gonna be tomorrow. Down at, unfortunately, yeah, we, we're down okay, at Scotiabank tomorrow, so she's going to join okay. Matty Cotts. All right. Well, is it still part of the uh, Leaf Lunch? And the reason I bring it up is because I did uh, uh, an event with Marie-Philippe Pelin yesterday mm. at oh. the Trinity Bellwoods Outdoor Arena. Nice. Uh, both of us are, are helping out a company called Turo Skate, SK8. This thing is the most magnificent backyard rink ice resurfacing machine I've ever seen. <laughs> like, it, it, it literally is a mini type of, you know, shouldn't say Zamboni because that's the, the name of the builder of the resurfacer. But anyway, she and I were talking, and she said she was on Leaf Lunch. So I just assumed that... Uh, She'd be joining you guys in studio. Yeah, she was I supposed know. to be here, and then I think we realized yesterday, oh, crap, we're going to be on set uh, oh. on, or in, in, in the rink at Scotiabank, so we had to do a quick pivot, and she's going to join Maddie Cotts nice. in studio, I believe. So she's still going to be on the airwaves, so definitely tune in tomorrow to listen to uh, Maddie Cotts and Marie Flew Plan. Definitely uh, going to be a great chat. That makes me nervous. Well. Yeah, me I too. Mean, He's not, he shouldn't be allowed to say her name. No. She is an international hockey star. I was comfortable with you two, but Matt Cause, uh, you know, that makes me nervous. I'll get Julia to give her to, to give Maddie some notes, and, and I think we should <laughs> we be we should be happy with that. Uh, Dregs, we finally had our first domino fall for uh, the trade season. Big Bo Horvat yeah. to the Islanders, Bavillier, Ratu, and a top twelve protected first pick going back. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, your initial thoughts on the deal, on the return? Um, did yeah. they get enough? Like, what did you make of that uh, deal last night? Yeah, I think they got enough. I think it's a fair deal. They got a center, which I think was important to the Vancouver Canucks. 
Um, you know, I looked at the New York Islanders lineup, and I wonder a little bit how Bull Horvat is going to fit in there, who's kicking over to the wing. Uh, but that's a good problem to have for Lane Lambert and the group of the New York Islanders. You know, this is a huge injection for the Isles because that team has been more or less floundering and really seemed to be struggle with a coaching struggling with a coaching change, and and not because you know it, it was a bad change. Don't get me wrong here; it's just I think this group is so used to playing the way Barry Cross liked them to play, mm-hmm. you know, very defensive structured game that. Maybe they don't have the offensive upside that you know they they thought they did, and so Lou Amarillo does what you know an experienced GM needs to do. He doesn't wait for the March third trade deadline. He doesn't wait for somebody else to get in the mix. And and there were teams talking with Vancouver on Bo Horvat. Obviously, he pays what I would consider to be uh, an above average price. Who's kidding who now? You wonder, of course, is Lamoureux or the Islanders going to be able to extend Horvat? That seems likely. You know, and, and Lou wouldn't get into it on the media call last night, really. But that, that's his track record, right? Is he's not a rental GM for the most part. I'm sure that he's engaged in conversations with Newport Sports about an extension with Bo, and it'll be uh, interesting to see whether Horvat wants to do that, whether he sees himself as a long-term fit there, or if he wants to go to the open market. Okay, two things regarding Lou specifically. One, was there classic Lamoriello radio silence ahead of this trade? Uh, and two, the, he did this one so early. Is there potential that if this doesn't work out, Dregs, we can yeah. see Horvat move again? Well, there is that potential. Um, you know, that seems unlikely to me, though, right? right? Because of everything that the Islanders, you know, they gave up. And as, as Patrick Galvin, the GM for the Canucks, Acknowledge. I mean, essentially, you've got three first-round picks here. That's, that's really what Vancouver is getting in return, and they get a look at Ratu. And you know, let's find out if Pavilier, you know, can can be the player that it looked like he was going to be when he broke into the National Hockey League. He's going to get that opportunity in Vancouver, but you do have to go through that negotiation. And as I said, I mean, maybe Horvat needs a little bit of time to assess whether or not he thinks that this is a long-term fit for him. Um, I think that there will be an appetite from the New York Islanders to make that the case. But if it if it's a negotiation that drags, and I don't have the information that suggests it will, but if it did, and both sides are a little bit uneasy, and the Islanders fall out of the playoff mix entirely by March 3rd, then I guess, yeah, anything is possible at that stage. Uh, we're chatting with TSN Hockey Insider Darren Dreger. Um I mean, the, the the price that it took to get Bo Horvat and, and what Vancouver got back, does that tell you anything about maybe what the, the rental market is going to shape up to as, as we approach the trade deadline for, well, you know, other guys? Yeah, it does, Mike, in this sense. Uh, you know, every year when you're talking about higher-end rentals like Bo Horvat, and, and we may strip the, the label of rental off pretty quickly here as we just talked about, um, but teams always want a first-round draft pick is part of the return equation. Uh, doesn't mean you always get it. And in in this year's case, yeah, I mean, most managers who are buying are like, I don't want to give up a first-round pick, especially for a rental. And then inevitably, a first-round pick is included. So I think if you're the St. Louis Blues, uh, who have a couple of pieces in play, you know, they're probably now looking at the market and going, okay, well, I'll help you, Ryan O'Reilly. We better get a first-round pick plus and maybe plus on top of that back. And 
Likewise for Tarasenko. If you're the Montreal Canadiens and you have some assets that we know they're going to want to move out when they get healthy again, they're dealing with some, some injury issues in Montreal, um, that bolsters the belief that maybe there's a first-round pick available on some of those pieces as well. So when the first one goes, as it did in return for Bo Horvat, then I think that that juices the market a little bit, especially for the sellers. Uh, last one on, on the Bo Horvat and the Vancouver thing before we can move on here. Um, you know, what's next in Vancouver, you think? I heard Farhan Lalji yesterday on uh, Jay Onright's show mentioning that Demko's name has generated some trade buzz of late. Are you expecting a really busy month ahead for, for Alvin and Rutherford? Like, who are the players that you expect to garner maybe the most interest around the league from there? Well, Demko is curious to me, and, and we always have to caution and qualify, right? Of course, managers are willing to talk about pretty much every player, especially when you're a team like the Vancouver Canucks who admittedly say that they need to go through a retool. However, I look at Thatcher Demko. I look what he did when healthy last year. And as much as it was about a coaching change, it was more about the terrific goaltending of Thatcher Demko in the second half of last season. Now, out of the gate this year, he struggled. Then he got hurt. And goaltending was a big factor in the Vancouver Canucks finally having to make the, the the change that they made with Bruce Boudreau. And now they're they're in the, the trading phase of the transition there. Uh, head-scratcher for me, unless somebody absolutely throws the moon at you for Thatcher Demko. It seems premature. And in a Canadian market, well, for any market in the NHL, when you're going through one of the R words, retool, rebuild, renovation, call whatever you will, the tricky part is balance, Okay. How do you move out good pieces, transition to a younger team so you're building on futures, but also try and stay competitive throughout that process? That's important. You can't just cut it to the wood in Vancouver. Yeah. It's not that easy, and you've got good pieces like Patterson, Quinn Hughes, and some other young players that, that are good fits. They just signed Kismenko to a two-year bridge contract. That doesn't reek of a teardown by any stretch. So I believe Jim Rutherford, when he said retool, you need good goaltending to stay competitive in that sort of, of transformation. So I think it would have to be just blow the doors out terrific for Patrick Alvin to consider trading Thatcher Demko. I am keeping an eye, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit more on insider trading, Ooh. on obviously Brock Besser, because now that Horvat goes out, Besser is term on his contract. That's never easy. But the Vancouver Canucks, even though they've been loath to retain any salary, retain salary in yeah. moving Horvat. Shorter term because he's an expiring deal. Yes, I understand that. But I, I know that the Canucks now are willing to consider every single option. So anybody interested in Brock Besser, and there are teams with, uh, with expressed interest, you know, make your best pitch. If, if Vancouver needs to retain salary, they're open to do that, provided that the return um, kind of looks after having to bite down on another financial bullet. So to answer Good your point. question, long-winded, yeah, Vancouver's going to be busy here. Of course, with our TSN Hockey Insider, Darren Dreger. Okay, so we're calling this the first domino to fall on the trade season, and you know what happens when one falls? A whole row of dominoes afterwards. Is that uh, kind of what's <laughs> happening, Dregs? Do, do you see this move heating up the trade market in general around the league? Well, it can't hurt, right? Because if, if you're a team 
um, that is nibbling at a playoff spot or your team that is battling in a wild card spot. You just simply want to lock down and you know that you've got some needs. And then you see a team like the Islanders go out and pluck out one of the more coveted forwards in the market, if not the top forward available in the market. I think that that gets your attention as, as a GM. Of course it would. Uh, will it spark a free-for-all? Let's hope not, because it's always better for those of us in the business, and we're all included in that, uh, to have things kind of drift right up to the March 3rd trade deadline. You know, that's what that day is all about. Traditionally, what we've seen under a salary cap, though, is that, yeah, you might have some bigger pieces in play, but normally the actual deadline day is about depth moves, mm-hmm. and, and some of the bigger stuff goes you know, maybe even well in advance, but a week to 10 days in advance. So, you know, what, what might help it again is O'Reilly being hurt. Now, he's going to be out probably another month or so. So our team's more cautious to make that move. We're going to see. But, uh, you know, it helps. It definitely helps when uh, you see a piece like Bo Horvat get dealt. Well, I'm curious, as somebody who has to be on the panel for the entire day, like, do you get excited when trades happen early? Or do you selfishly, for content purposes, Hope that this stuff all goes down on March 3rd. Yeah, I mean, for content, you want it to hold until March 3rd. Uh, but then what you end up doing, it's, it's somewhat similar to free agency. And I remember doing, you know, probably 10, 15 updates on where is Dougie Hamilton going to sign. And, you know, then, it, you know, we identify it's New Jersey. And then it takes another couple, three hours to actually get you know, what what the deal is and right. and what the the structure is and, and all of those things. But it does give you a talking point, even though anybody watching at home or listening is probably, all right, we get it. You know, Hamilton's going <laughs> yeah. to New Jersey. What else is new? So we don't control that, though. You know, we're just, uh, we're there to uh, feed the animals at the zoo. And, uh, you know, on occasion it gets a little bit more difficult, but I'm sure there'll be activity. Yeah, well, it's nice to come, you know, right in the smack dab of things where it's been a couple of days since the Leaf game. Gives us a lot of content yeah, to talk about today. Yeah, like it. Having it sprinkled in here and there ain't too bad. I, I definitely don't mind that. Um, with Darren Drager, TSN Hockey Insider, what do you think the ideal trade deadline would look like for the Maple Leafs? Uh, well, I think it is adding a forward now. You know, we've got T.J. Brody back healthy. Uh, but I, I, I'm, I'm hesitant in just being that firm because you just don't know, right? Until you, you get to a place that maybe there's a, a, a defenseman that we, we haven't even considered that all of a sudden plops into the lap of, of Kyle Dubas. And he's like, all right, well, this is an upgrade. I have to consider it. And we'll take our chances creeping closer to the deadline on, you know, what teams might want to move a forward of or revisit some of the conversations that we've had uh, about a forward, but it does make more sense that a forward is is going to be the the player that the Maple Leafs chase the most. Which player that is? I mean, good luck identifying that because I know as managers and and, and management groups sit in boardrooms, they have whiteboards with you know twenty names, maybe more on them, and they go back and forth, and you know they've just come on a pro scouting meeting, so maybe that list has to be refreshed, but. You revisit it on a you know daily basis, and as you get closer to the trade deadline, on an hourly basis. One thing, though, guys, that I think we we should make clear here, you know, there is this misconception that the Maple Leafs have no money, and Kyle isn't going to have any flexibility to get closer to the trade deadline. 
Well, we're forgetting about Jake Muzzin, right? I mean, you know, again, Jake is, is going to see the specialist in California. And as Chris Johnson reported on, um, you know, a week or so ago, the likelihood is that he's not coming back. At least he's not coming back this season. Right. So let's not be so quick to say that, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs are tight against the cap. Well, they are, but they do have mechanisms here moving forward to upgrade the team. And I don't doubt that Dubas is going to try and do that. Yeah, it's an interesting thought. And, of course, for our listeners, Jake Muzzin, we're expected to get an update there uh, towards the end of February. So that's coming up. We're with our TSN Hockey Insider, Darren Dreger, right now. And we haven't talked to you, Dreg, since all the activity this weekend with the Leafs and uh, Austin Matthews being placed on IR with a knee sprain, Matt Murray yeah. and, and the saga that unfolded on Friday night. Have you kicked around the Leafs? You got any updates on either one of those situations? No, I mean, it's status quo there. And, and, and look, I mean, the Toronto Maple Leafs have been pretty transparent in acknowledging each player's situation. Maybe they had to be pushed a little bit because this market just goes wild when you've got key figures like Matthews and Murray out of the mix. And, you know, if we drill down on Matt Murray here, I mean, it's pretty obvious why there's a sense of consternation. And that's because of his history, right? Um, but... The understanding is, and, and it's been reported, that he did have an ankle issue that they'd hoped would kind of resolve itself. And then it was aggravated in that warm-up leading up to the Ottawa Senators game. Unfortunately, you know, Murray couldn't go. And medical backed that up, so he can't go. He sat on the bench, but as Sheldon Keefe also talked about, you know, had Samsonov got hurt in that game, they would have been in an e-bug situation because that was the state of, of Matt Murray's health. So the priority post-All-Star here is pretty obvious. He needs to let the ankle settle, needs to, to get physically healthy, and then it's going to be up to Curtis Sanford and staff to get him back on track because, you know, this stuff happens. He's unlucky in that sense. He necessarily can't control that. But what he can control is when he's back in the crease, he's got to be as good as he has been at varying points for the Maple Leafs this year. And in Matthew's case, um, that too, it, it, it's believed, was something that was kind of lingering. But they thought that, you know, he thought he'd be able to play through it. And then they, they had the Ranger game, which he completed. And in the knee, my understanding is, it, it, it swole up overnight. And that forced them to go to imaging. You know, went to hospital, got it checked out, and... They diagnosed knee sprain and just feel like it's uh, time required to, to settle things down there. So it had sounded when they came out and talked about it like it was a totally new injury, but but it does seem kind of convenient. It didn't seem more like it was lingering from the injury that he had missed a few games previously from. Is that the is that the read that you get more? No, yeah, I, I, I can't be sure. I don't believe that it is associated to the previous uh, time missed. I mean... It, it could be, but it's curious, isn't it? They, yeah. They, they didn't want to talk about the specifics of, of why he sat out, other than, of course, he had the flu, which, you know, added an extra game to it. Um, but nor did Matthews want to disclose why. So it, it, it could be the same thing, but nobody seems, you know, too worked up about it, um, other than in the official release, they, they also state that it's a minimum of three weeks for Austin Matthews. So... You know, anytime you add the word minimum, you're you're kind of giving yourself a little insurance in right. case that this drifts into a month or more. But I don't have any reason to believe that that's going to be the case at this point. 
Uh, one more for you, Dregs. I was seeing yesterday that Maddie Berniers was. Uh, oh, he's not going to be joining. This is our uh, gripe of the, the week. All-Star. Well, one of my gripes. Of so, the week. Not to put you on the spot here, Dregs, <laughs> but like, h- how do you think Gary Bettman is going to address and explain the necessity of having to have every team represent at the All-Star mm-hmm. game, and all of a sudden an injury occurs and they don't replace him with someone from that team? Now Chandler yeah. Stevenson is going to play, and now the Kraken has zero people at the all-star game i just it it doesn't make sense to me well it's curious there's no doubt about that because you're right it's priority for the nhl they have all 32 teams represented first person i thought of was jared mccann you right. know he's yeah. absolutely he's a real good offensive role run here for the seattle kraken now you know i don't know that this is specific to mccann although i i do think he does have some holiday plans <laughs> I I don't know that he was officially asked. I'm going to assume he wasn't. But honestly, guys, that factors into it. It does. And some players are willing to say, okay, well, you know what? I, I got a trip to Turks and Caicos, um, and uh, I'll cancel it. Uh, I know that my wife, my girlfriend, whatever, friends, family aren't going to be happy, but it's the all-star. And then there are others who say, no, nah, you know what? I need a break. Mentally, physically, I just need a break. That's something that the NHL has wrestled with forever. It just doesn't add up to me that the league wouldn't take a hard look at the Seattle Kraken to fill that vacancy. And I say that respectful of Chandler Stevenson, who still, for me, is one of the most underrated players in the NHL. So he's deserving, but it does fly against you know, the, the the work of the NHL and making sure all teams are represented. Yeah, I'm just looking. Vince Dunn could be an op- option there. 40, 36 points in 49 games. Burakovsky's yeah. leading the team with 39 points. It's, it's I don't know, it's, that's something that I guarantee you Batman probably will have to answer to, and I'll be curious to hear what his, what his answer to that question is going to be. Uh, appreciate it as always, Dregs. We'll catch up again next week. All right, guys. Thank you. All right. There he goes. Darren Dreger, TSN. Hockey Insider.